Hello. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I am talking about sipping wine in the place where the grape is grown. That's a quote from a movie from the late 1980s I was inspired by. And the movie was called Shirley Valentine. It was a film that depicted a middle-aged London wife, unhappy with her boring husband and her dreary life. And she kept saying, I want to sip wine in the place where the grape is grown. So she decided to chuck her husband and her life, and she jetted off to sunny Greece, swam topless, had an affair, and decided to stay. I guess she liked the wine better than the husband. I was inspired by, as I mentioned, this film, but in the 1980s was a good while before I was saved. But at that time, I was very much taken with the notion of changing one's life. I was entranced by Shirley's life mantra, sipping wine in the place where the grape was grown. I had tried a conventional life, you know, husband, picket fence, career, but my husband had chucked me. And I was saddled with a house to pay for in a dreary climate and three jobs struggling to pay for it all. I wanted more. Sipping wine in nice places was certainly not the dying mill city in snowy Maine. Sipping wine in a nice place bespoke, perhaps of gentle Tuscan hillsides or green California hills or Greek whitewashed stucco. I mean, I thought Shirley had a great thing going and had a great goal. So I went to wine places. I went to California, to Tuscany, to the south of France, rolling hills and grapevines all around. But wine was just wine. The problem was the same. I met my goal and it was empty. Ecclesiastes 2.3 says, I searched with my heart how to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the children of man to do under heaven during the few days of their life. So what was the meaning of life? I was really wondering. Where was permanence, solidity, Something that would not disappear in a breath. Something that would give lasting joy, meaning, purpose. What is man's chief end? Ecclesiastes 2, 2 to 4 and 11 say, Then I considered all that my hands had done and the toil I had expended in doing it, and behold, All was vanity and a striving after wind. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. We contrast that with question number one of the Westminster Shorter Catechism. What is the chief end of man? 
Answer. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The Puritan Thomas Watson preached on this in his sermon, Man's Chief End is to Glorify God. Thomas Watson said, quote, Here are the two ends of life specified, the glorifying of God and the enjoying of God. First, the glorifying of God. 1 Peter 4.11, that God in all things may be glorified. The glory of God is a silver thread which must run through all our actions. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10.31. Continuing with Thomas Watson, he said, quote, Everything works to some end in things natural and artificial. Now, man, being a rational creature, must propose some end to himself. And that should be that he may lift up God to the world. He had better lose his life than lose the end of his living. The great truth asserted is that the end of every man's living should be to glorify God. Glorifying God has respect to all the persons in the Trinity. It respects the Father who gave us life, God the Son who lost his life for us, and God the Holy Ghost who produces new life in us. So we must bring glory to the whole Trinity. Watson finishes this quote with, what is it to glorify God? Glorifying God consists of four things, appreciation, adoration, affection, and subjection. This is the yearly rent we pay to the crown of heaven. That's the end quote from Puritan Thomas Watson's sermon. Now Watson continued in his sermon to explain what and how to appreciate, adore, love, and submit to God. King Solomon, who everyone believes wrote Ecclesiastes, concludes with the eternal wisdom. Now all has been heard, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of every human being. Ecclesiastes 12, 13. So wine is vanity, travel is vanity. All we do when we relocate is bring our depravity with us. We are the problem. Godless, we are adrift in a sea of evil, wafting from one vain flurry to another. We drift as dust motes upon an acid air. We leave evil, we bring evil, and we expire as evil. We believe ourselves to be maidens of rosy blush and coy innocence when we're really just simply mud mounds cast upon a miry shore. Godless, we are drenched with corruption. Genesis 6, 5, and 12 say this. But when we are saved by his grace through faith, we are cleansed 
Our sin nature is given a helper. We are dressed in white robes and stood on our feet, no longer to crawl in the dust like a serpent. We're given a will and a testament that promises eternal peace, treasures, crowns, and dwellings in glory with the Savior. Our goal shifts to one of giving him glory and enjoying him forever. What a goal that is, an everlasting, beautiful goal. So much better than just sipping wine in a nice place. Wine drains away, but the fountain of water of life and the blood will never drain away. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.